Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by Jacob Halbrun, who is editor of The National Interest. And we're going to be talking about the resignation of Michael Flynn, who was Trump's national security advisor. Jacob, what do you think we can tell about the Trump administration from the fact that Michael Flynn has departed quite abruptly? Well, it is a further blow to Trump's pledge to bring in business practices into the United States government and that he would be a far more effective manager than President Obama had been. The blunt fact is that the administration has been in pretty much constant chaos and has worked very little with Congress to pass any legislation so far. It's relied solely on these flashy executive orders. It's not clear that Trump even wanted to dispose of Flynn. Flynn resigned because his position in the administration had become untenable. I think Vice President Mike Pence was reportedly livid with him for misleading or lying to him, as you please, about his contacts before the inauguration with the Russian ambassador to the United States, Sergei Kislyak. And those conversations reportedly centered on sanctions. And Flynn's denial strained credulity that he now says that it was an inadvertent oversight. The departure of Flynn, does it suggest that Mike Pence is perhaps a more influential figure than we've thought in recent weeks? Well, that's an interesting suggestion. Um, I always thought from the outset that Pence would be very influential. And then as the administration proceeded, it's not clear because you have so many rival power centres uh, And don't forget that the intelligence agencies were out to get Flynn, that I doubt that Secretary of State Rex Tillerson or Defense Secretary James Mattis had much love for Flynn either. He is a combative, mercurial, conspiracy-obsessed individual, coupled with the fact that he has notoriously poor managerial skills. All the reports are that the National Security Council organizationally was in a state of meltdown under General Flynn. Yes. I mean, there's quite a lot of speculation that he was compromised by Russia. But do you think he might have been compromised by intelligence agencies in America? It's, you know, I'm a little cautious on that. Flynn was genuinely eager for a rapprochement with Moscow. What exactly would blackmail have looked like? Uh, I, I, you know, remember when Tony Blair said about the Iraq war, he said, it's worse than you think. I actually believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, I think was Flynn's, uh, approach. He may have been somewhat naive even. Uh, frankly, my read on it is that this is a blessing in disguise for Trump that he's rid of Flynn was going to go sooner or later. He's totally inept. Uh, His only qualification was Pavlovian loyalty to Trump. So now Trump can actually get a serious national security advisor. Uh, In addition, it seems unlikely to me that any 
U.S.-Russia rapprochement that Flynn had brokered would have carried a shred of credibility with Congress. If Trump really wants to improve relations with Russia, he needs to have a serious team that can credibly make the case for why it's in America's interest, but not not with a screwball like Flynn. Yes, and and Flynn is an odd mixture of things, isn't he? Because he was a he was a, uh, a very friendly to Russia, it seemed, but also a tremendous anti-Iran hawk. Right. Well, the dream was that they would create this grand alliance with Russia mm. and the UK, perhaps, a reconstitution of the World War II grand alliance. To, uh, though I don't think they really envisioned the UK as fighting Iran, but clearly the idea was that you would sever. Michael Ledeen has a, a piece in the Washington, in the Wall Street Journal today. He was he co-wrote the book Field of Fight with Flynn, which just came mm. out last year. The idea was to prompt Russia to sever its relations with Iran. What would it take to get Russia to do that? And then America could engage in regime change in Iran. Now, I think this, to use one of your favorite words, is bonkers. <laughs> but this was the animating principle. Now, if Trump can put someone serious into that position... You, you can have a foreign policy that maybe inches in that direction. You know, maybe you can persuade Russia to, to tamp back on its support for Iran slightly. But these grandiose schemes were headed for failure. And you can already see Trump dialing back on China, for example. So I really believe that the problem isn't that, uh, that Flynn resigned. It's that he was appointed in the first place. Yes. I mean, we, we've seen already that the Trump administration is warm towards Israel. And obviously for Israel, it's, it'll be quite important in the future to establish some sort of difference or, or diplomatic problems between Russia and Iran. What do you think the Trump, Trump administration would make of that? You know, Trump himself, though, is subject to advice from the people around him. I mean, he is a bit like a cork bobbing in the sea. So I don't think he has many firmly held convictions. Uh, you know, you see him backing down on China now. Uh, he's going to, to the NATO summit. Um, I, I just, I think a lot of it depends on who he appoints as national security advisor. I do believe he can reboot his administration. He does face a crisis already because the Senate, Republicans, and Democrats, John McCain accused Trump today, quote, of moral equivalence, unquote, when it comes to Vladimir Putin's Russia. I mean, the, the, his enemies have been emboldened. And I would say that Trump, by creating this miasma of suspicion around his intentions toward Russia, has inadvertently contributed to it. And he needs to make, he needs to come forth with some, he needs to be much clearer about his stance toward Russia, how he intends to get there, what he intends to do. And he needs a serious advisor. He, 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 can't, he can't, he's trying to, uh, to sort of do it on the fly. And it, it just doesn't work. Do you think that the you know the administration is already in crisis? The administration, every time this this accusation is hurled at it, you know, just talks about the media being the opposition, and a lot of Trump supporters accept that. 
Do you think we are already reaching the stage where perhaps, not his hardest fans perhaps, but people who voted for Trump and really think the, the system is against him are beginning to think, oh, this, uh, this is actually a shambles. We are now in a crisis of government. Well, the, the, hard, the hard core will never desert him. Uh, his popularity approval rating has dropped by 15 points, according to Gallup. The real question is, does he go from the 40s to the 30s? At the 30s, he becomes a drag in congressional races. Look, I, I just think that it's, it's not as easy for the administration as they thought it would be. They thought they could come in with a shock and awe campaign. They are now being dragged down very early by uh, these revelations, by their own ineptitude, and by the fact that they do face an entrenched opposition, but they're not dealing with it very well. Yes, Trump has plenty of enemies out there, but he's also emboldening them. Jacob, it's fascinating to talk to you as always. Hope you can come on again soon. Thank you, Freddie. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anytime on iTunes, so please do... (laughs) 